Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts on this Friday edition of the show. Kyle, we get the legal tampering period. It starts on Monday, and so the the free agency will always dictate how things will unfold in the draft, and so it's about to get real weird up in here in the NFL world the hell are you talking about it's about to get real weird in here it got weird last night joe Eleven thirty in rapaport i'm not gonna beat the dead horse because we just got done talking about it but ian rapaport goes on the record saying the bills and steelers are getting close to a deal for antonio brown adam schefter silent throughout the entire night and then schefter wakes up this morning he's like oh yeah that's probably not gonna happen after Antonio Brown commented and said it was fake news, Isaiah McKenzie posted on Instagram and said it was a false alarm and then deleted it five minutes later. A couple other people said it was unlikely to happen. In Rappaport, wakes up this morning, doubles down, says, no, yeah, it's, it's really just whether or not Antonio Brown's going to show up in Buffalo or not. And then Ian Rappaport, or then Adam Schefter, comes back like 30 minutes later with a quote from Brandon being saying, yeah, we talked about it, but we're out. I have n- I can't remember the last time we saw a news report that was so steadfast and confident that the guy doubled and tripled down in a span of eight hours. And then it ended up being wrong like this from one of the big media guys. I think the real question is Kyle, when Antonio Brown goes to the hall of fame, does he go in as a member of the Buffalo bills or a Pittsburgh deal? Well, that's why that's why our recording room today in Zencaster is Buffalo Bills great Antonio Brown. Oh, is it? Uh, <laughs> nice job. You know, it's funny. Like, I'll I'll check that. Kyle, we have this Zencaster room that we go in to record these podcasts, and Kyle names it something every day. And eighty four percent of the time, see what I did there? I don't look at it, and I want to. And the sixteen percent of the time, I do. It's 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 average. It's but something I'll, vanilla, right? Yeah. But when you when you really nail it. <laughs> I quickly overlook it. I was waiting for you to say yeah. something. Yeah, it's always Screw those. You, it's always those times when you know I'm not going to see it. Well, then I'm I'm just going to start naming it great stuff every time. Then. You're going to have to put that. Ex- I'm going to put that pressure on myself so that you can appreciate it. One o'clock every day, right? <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah, we'll get back into the routine. All right. So what's today? Um, this is underswings, guys. That we should have swung. Swing, you know, I did it again. Swung, swunk, swung. What is it? What is, what is the right word to use? <laughs> swung. The guys we should have swung, swung harder. harder at. We should have swung, swung harder at. Don't choke up on the bat to go the opposite of what. No, you said. No, yeah, th- this is this is three zero count. No, oh, you got the green light. Just go ahead and take a big hack at it. Remember Jeremy Burnitz? Probably not. Why do I know that name? He's an outfielder. He's outfielder for the uh, Brewers and the Mets. Dude swang for the fences every single pitch. Big, long, loopy swing. Didn't Probably one of the worst contact rates you've ever seen, but when he connected, 
that thing would uh, launch out of the stadium. And I guess so. He's so he's Dan Ugla. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, no, Dan Ugla wasn't he like known for like yeah he'd had that stretch and then he started like choking up and trying to like compact his swing and stuff. But yeah, similar. Well, similar Dan, Dan was good in Florida with the exception of the three errors that he had in the single inning of the All Star game that cost the National League. And then he went to Miami, or then he went to Atlanta. And I think he hit under the Mendoza for like his last three years with the brace. He couldn't feel just trying right? to hammer. It. No, couldn't, couldn't do anything really. Yeah. It was pretty impressive. Got paid probably like fifteen million a season though. You know, baseball yeah. baseball players, man. Uh, Should have stuck the baseball, Kyler. Yikes! All right, so yeah. we got three underswings apiece, right? Yeah. Um, would you care for me to do the honors? Yeah, you go ahead today. I need to give a little bit of. A shout-out to UCLA tight end Caleb Wilson. You knew this was going to be a guy that gets the shout, right? Caleb Wilson was one of the guys that I thought was the least exciting, least dynamic, super stiff, just a guy tight end. He had mega production at UCLA, but it's because he ran uh, Y-stick and Rosen hit him again and again and again and again. And then Wilson had a nice productive year this year with Chip Kelly. But I thought he was slow. I thought he was average. And then he comes to the combine and he runs 4-5 flat. What in the hell? And then you look at the rest of his tests. And um, he wasn't terrible in the broad jump, 9-5. He had a 7-2-0. Let me make sure I got the right column here. Shouts. 7-2-0 in the short shuttle, uh, which was... Pretty average relative to a lot of the other numbers that you see. It wasn't Zach Gentry bad, which was set of seven four, and uh, his uh, short shuttle was also pretty pedestrian as well. But just the fact that this guy had any linear speed at all has me scrambling back to the take the <laughs> tape to find out where four five flat came from. Because coming into the combine, I thought this dude was just a guy. Kyle, is there any uh, if you're remaining two or either of them guys that are going to put me tongue in cheek? No. All right. Well, I guess I'll go ahead and get the one out of the way here that will get you happy. Um, referring to Nikhil Harry, Arizona State wide receiver. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Interesting. <laughs> stop, dude. So uh, here's the thing about Nikhil Harry. Um, he tested great for especially relative to his size, six two. 228 actually he's on, yeah 62 228 and then for him to be that big and you know put up the bench press numbers that we like to see 27 reps that's the 99th percentile 453 38 and a half inch vert i mean those are those are the explosive numbers and the strength numbers that you're looking for out of a big receiver like harry and so i had some questions about his his burst on tape and he has good burst relative to his size this is kind of the numbers I was hoping for out of Kelvin Harmon, to be honest with you. So um, I think we kind of – people maybe had similar ideas in terms of, of a limited – not limited, but an average to slightly below average athletic skill set for two of the bigger receivers. In Kill Harry went out and had the day I was hoping both of these guys would have. And so I think when you start giving the benefit of the doubt, you 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 look to this athletic testing and measurables as a – you know, something that's kind of a qualifier – and, uh, you know, I'm more apt to be higher on Harry now that I know he's got more athleticism than I probably gave him credit for after studying his film. I think that's a fair takeaway. Um, they came in 
I was a little bit lower on Kelvin than what you were. I remember us having that conversation talking about how I was just hoping for a little bit more burst and didn't get it and thought that Kel or thought that Nikhil was a little bit looser. So they, they kind of met my expectations. The vert really stood out to me as a nut, like a wow yeah. number for well, Nikhil. Yeah. And his wingspan, my God, he's in the, He's got uh, upper echelon wingspan, right? So like 68th percentile. So that ability to leap combined with 33-inch arms, like you've got catch radius, which I know that's kind of like overstated and stuff sometimes, but ball skills, catch radius, size, go get the football, right? He, he gives you that ability. So my next one is a small school kid, guy that I watched, Max Crosby out of Eastern Michigan. This was an early declare for this year's NFL draft. And I thought he was okay. You know, I thought he was a little light in the, light in the trunk, a little lean in the torso, thought to stand to add some, some mass to his frame. And that's, uh, that's evidenced by the fact that he came at six, five, two fifty five. So he's pretty lean as far as, uh, classified with the defensive linemen slash defensive ends. But if you put him in that same bucket, where he's in the 10th percentile in weight. Joe, these are his athletic test percentiles in every test that he did relative to defensive linemen. 92nd percentile in the 40-yard dash. 90th percentile in the vertical jump. 92nd percentile in the broad jump. 95th percentile in the three-cone. 96th percentile in the 20-yard shuttle, short shuttle. 99th percentile in the 60-yard shuttle. Those are the tests that he did at the combine. And he was in the 90th percentile or better against defensive linemen in all of them. I did not think this was this caliber of an athlete as a, a guy that, you know, if you're projecting him as a uh, one-gap defensive end, he's still above the 85th percentile in all of his tests. Just really, really impressive stuff. You put him at edge defender. He's above the 80th percentile in every single test. So it doesn't matter where and what bucket you try and put this guy in, but he's a guy that played with his hand in the dirt at Eastern Michigan. He's a guy that is a little leaner, so if you want to stand him up and play him off the edge, this is still a phenomenal athlete. Was not expecting that development. Directional Michigan pass rushers, man. I'll tell you, some of these guys. Um, I want to talk about an SEC pass rusher. The, the, the buzz of the combine, Mississippi State's Montez Sweat. Um, here's the thing. I, do I have concerns with his ability to corner and consistently win around the outside hip of the offensive tackle? I do, but here's the reality. This dude crushed the combine in every way, shape or form. We knew he was long in terms, you know, long and had an ideal frame, 35 and three quarter inch arms, six, basically six, six, two sixty, ninety-eighth 98th percentile for wingspan, super long. Obviously the production, a couple seasons, you know, across two seasons in the sec is really exciting. But I mean, this you can't overlook this these numbers. 441 40 yard dash, 36 inch vert, 125 inch broad jump, uh, seven flat, three cone, 429 20 yard short shuttle. I mean, all of those tests are between the 77th and 99th percentile. He's a an ideal athlete in terms of his metrics there as well as his size. And so, you know, I think when you start to think, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to a concern that I saw on film. You, you like to be able to point to this type of athletic testing as good reasons to believe, you know, that there's more to work with there. And so 
I don't. I think maybe there, it's a little concerning that you didn't see this level of explosion on tape, but the fact that he was able to produce this at his size makes me be makes me more willing to uh, take our chance on on some concerns that I had from film. You know, my last one's one I'm kicking myself for. I wonder if it's the same guy I have. What position? Safety. No. Okay. You're talking one. We'll find out in a few minutes. Are you talking one? Uh, I'm talking Drew Tranquil, linebacker from Notre Dame. Like this kid a lot on film. Came into the Senior Bowl with really high hopes. Thought he was okay. The Senior Bowl, nothing spectacular. Joe, do you know this guy's numbers off the top of your head? Very good things. No, I don't. Not a top four. I know they're good. 234 pounds. 457 in the 40. 31 bench press reps. 37 and a half inch vert, 10 2 broad, 9 or 6 9 4 3 cone, and 4 1 4 short show. Phenomenal athlete. As a matter of fact, if you look at his mock draftable page, and I would like to give a shout out to mock draftable because this tool is wonderful this time of year to get these illustrations and, and graphics. Uh, the two most uh, prominent athletic comparisons based on the testing and the size are Malik Jefferson. Did you see that coming? No. <laughs> and Luke Keekley. Oh, did you see that coming? <laughs> hello. Good morning, Kyle. <laughs> it's just like, holy cow, you did not expect this kid to come out and test as a super high-end mobile linebacker. Um, I know I've referenced... Uh, the Alex Anzalone parallel a couple times where there were some injuries there, red flags, but plus athlete. And that turned out to be a little bit more accurate as far as what I think is going to happen with him than even I had initially thought because I wasn't expecting him to come out and test like this. This is, this is really, really good stuff across the board for Tranquil. And I thought he had good tape too. I think he moves pretty well. So um, I got to go back and just make sure I, I feel good about where he's at once the board stacks and make sure I don't have to watch and look for any hidden clues of his functional athleticism that I may have to adjust his grade on. Handsome man, that Drew Tranquil is, that Notre Dame yes. linebacker. Um, all right, yep, so I am going to talk about Juan Thornhill. And what's disappointing about it, Kyle, is that I've been high on Juan Thornhill every step of the way. And then you kind of go, you kind of look over this this overall picture here where he moves from corner to safety as a senior – and it kind of paralleled with some concerns athletically and with in terms of flexibility, you know, just that there were moments on tape when studying him as a corner in 2017 where he just didn't transition cleanly and didn't necessarily have the long speed to carry guys down the field alone in man coverage. Well, <laughs> jokes on us because Juan Thornhill is an amazing athlete or at least an amazing tester. Do you realize that his 40 vert Broad jump and best, uh, those three were all 92 to 99th percentile for the position. Unbelievable. 83 percentile explosive. for bench press. Dude's incredibly explosive with his athletic testing. And then you think about his ball production and what I thought, you know, he was a, like a really clean processor. I thought he really did a good job processing things and getting to where he's supposed to be, both against the run and in coverage. And he, he does give you that game changing ability to make plays on the ball. Hello, good morning, Juan Thornhill. I should have not been so cautious on the athletic side because, I mean, really, the, he, he is the total package when you when you put it all together. So, 
Um, I was cautioned a little bit, and I shouldn't have been. You know what? You saying that spoke to me. I've got another one. I got a bonus one. Oh, blessed. Amani Hooker, safety from Iowa. This guy declared early and really surprised a lot of folks by choosing to declare, and I thought he'd be fine in cover two, and he played some nickel and was successful in those man-to-man, and I thought I attribute a lot of that to his footwork. His feet were always really balanced and composed and precise, and just kept. I kept being told, you know, whether it was people that were familiar with the Iowa program or guys that you know we talk to on a daily basis, Hooker's not going to test well. Hooker's not going to test well. Don't get too attached. Dude came out, ran, ran 448, 37-inch vert, 10-3 broad, and a 6-8-1-3 cone drill. <laughs> Phenomenal change of direction skills. Yeah. Very good long speed. Pretty explosive in the lower half. So, shoot, man. Like, I think it was just his play style and his, his hips were always very uh, – what's the word I want to – I don't want to use the word rigid, but they were always over top of his base if that makes sense. So he was able to open his hips, but there wasn't a lot of like tilt in his lower half. He was always upright on his hips and his feet. And I think that gave the perception that this guy's pretty stiff when in reality, it's just his movement skills and his functional mobility really allowed him to stay upright in that position and not have to plant and drive with steep, uh, stark angles in his lower half. He's always just upright and controlled. And he's got a little bit more juice to him than what I thought he did. And uh, I'm not going to adjust my grade on him because I had a two on him to begin with. I was prepared to have to go back if he tested poorly based on everything that I had heard beforehand and be like, all right, like, let's look for these athletic limitations. Where do I have to bang him as far as is it man-to-man coverage skills because he can't turn and run and I don't trust him to get in phase or or what? But I'm going to leave him right where he's at, where I have him at. Yeah, it's interesting. This safety class is just a little different than I thought it was going to be like maybe didn't have the star power that we had last year. I mean, an insane safety year last year, but there are a lot of guys like in that day two range that weren't necessarily the names I was expecting going into the season. I think the safety position as much as anyone, the landscape of it shifted from what we talked about in August to right now. It was Deontay Thompson and everybody else. Right. And now all of a sudden it's Chauncey Gardner, Johnson, Nasir Adderley, uh, Taylor Rapp, Amani Hooker, like feasibly those guys are all savage right poten- from Maryland Darnell Savage these guys are all potentially above Deontay Thompson yeah and then we hear the league likes Jonathan Abram yeah they do and he so on Abram I was thinking about talking about him but I was re- looking back at my notes like I didn't think he necessarily had bad play speed but the reality is like the only thing he did was the 40 yard dash which was a 445 which is really good but he was smaller than we thought He's 5'11", right. 205, like in 31-inch arms. And then his broad jump was 116, which is a 22 percentile. He didn't do enough testing for us to really get a true picture of his athletic skill set. And for me, it was – I mean, I didn't have that many questions about his mobility. It was like, dude, you are just reckless when you are tackling and trying right. to pursue yeah, the football. Yeah, he is always flying at guys below the waist. Yeah. And then he's like, like a he... big hitter too, and but sometimes he's like just ankle nipping. You know, it's weird. Right. Right. He's kind of a tough guy to get a vibe on. Um, what is not tough to get a vibe on is the draft dudes are going to be back again on Monday. We have takes on takes coming up next week on Tuesday. So make sure you're submitting your hot takes for us to dig into live on the show. 
Uh, Joe, I believe we're up soon for a potential Twitch date with the people. So make yeah. sure you sub at twitch.tv slash the draft network as well. Follow along with us there. You can interact with us, ask us questions. We have a good time with it. A little looser than what you get here on the pod. This is uh corporate Kyle, corporate Joe. Yeah. Typically the Twitch stuff's kind of late night. So we let our hair down a little bit. Swing yeah. on by, check us out. Kyle Krabs with Joe Reno. Thanks as always for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.